Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yo, this is the heartthrob G. Stelio, and you are now tuned in to the Earnestly Speaking Podcast, which means EJ doesn't have to walk the dogs, which means EJ doesn't have to change a diaper, which means EJ got permission from his wife to do this show for you. Bear witness. The Earnestly Speaking Podcast is a show that is founded on free-flowing conversation and may at times venture into mature subjects. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, Earnestly Speaking Podcast. Let's get it. I'm a giant in New York, in Miami carry heat. So much more in store, my product can flood the street. Opinion Nation Godfather, CEO. Puff in the late 90s, gonna see me blow. Oh. Got my hustle on, no imitation of that. Army of untouchables, Opinion Nation staff. Never an off season, homie. Check the numbers. Heart drop in my own right, supply and southern comfort. Earnestly speaking, my ego is well fed. Earnestly speaking, you're too feeble. No threat. See him like a hurricane. You're a mild breeze. Earnestly speaking, leaving Eli a dynasty. Shame. All right, welcome to another edition of Ernest Speaking TV. I'm your host, Ernest EJ Christian. Joined here, of course, by my man Mike the Squid. Mikey, how was your weekend? Hey, buddy. Uh, pretty hey, eventful, buddy. but eventful. Buddy. Hey, buddy. buddy. Hey, buddy. Yeah, you know, just a uh, pretty uh, laid-back weekend, you know, working, and then uh, watched some, um, a lot of baseball on Sunday, you know, so pretty uh, effortless weekend. Gotta be honest, bro. Gotta be honest. I'm all in. Baseball this season is here. I'm all in. I am all in like Flynn, baby. Like, seriously, um, this might be the first time. No, not, not, that's, that's a lie, actually, because every year I get into it really heavily by July, August, but, you know, it helps that my New York Mets are playing pretty good baseball. But, I mean, besides that, um, I got to be honest with you, the train deadline was fun. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, but this is the second year in a row, I really believe the train deadline has actually been phenomenal for, for the yeah. sport. In a sense where the interest now is spiked mm-hmm. up a notch now because of the fact that now you're seeing le- – because you see a lot of legitimate moves being made now by legitimate players, by legitimate teams, and – there's a lot more. There's a lot more parity in this in the sport now than people realize. Like we you know, for years you complain about you know how the Yankees and the Red Sox and all those uh, big market teams are, are dominating the sport and they don't have and don't give smaller teams a chance. That's mm-hmm. that's now hogwash, man. Because I mean, this is, the, the scales are balancing right now. The best team in baseball is Kansas City, but you will get all that. Yeah, I think the reality but, is, if you look at the American League, you have Toronto, Houston, and. Kansas City, not normal perennial powerhouses as your division leaders heading into the first day of August. So, you know, I think, it, again, it's one of those that this is going to be a fun month and a half, two-month run, and, uh, you know, may the best teams get to the playoffs. Yeah. But we get to all that. Before we get started, I want to take some time here to news that broke literally. Actually, it, this broke literally two minutes as I signed off my radio show on Friday. Um 
the death of Rowdy Roddy Piper. Now, as you guys know, me personally, big fan of old school wrestling. You guys know that I'm well publicized. You know, I own a network online. I you know I know all my stuff in whole many years. What right attitude, and whatnot. Obviously, stopped watching wrestling regularly uh, in 2002 after what, what I always tell you after the Hogan Rock, big, the big Hogan yeah. Rock icon, icon match. That was that was my end game for for wrestling. So, and while I've you know you know I I watch a little bit once in a while. I, I'll catch WrestleMania, I'll catch a pay per view here and there, or maybe turn on Raw on TV. I don't I just don't follow it regularly. It's just hard to follow it as, as I mentioned in past podcasts. Um, mm. But. Roddy Roddy Piper, you know, is, is is a part of my childhood. Another, like like Hogan, you know, and his recent issues. Obviously, we've seen what, what, what's been what's been transpired with Hogan recently. Roddy Piper is another piece of that. Um, mm-hmm. And he passed away on Friday at the age of sixty-one due to cardiac arrest. Um, and <laughs> um, I, I mean, sad because because I, 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 it's sad because like, number one, um. I, I've always said that when somebody that, that you were raised, you know, watching for a long time passes away, um, it kind of makes you think about your own once mortality, if you will. I mean, I felt that way when Monster Man died a couple years ago. I felt that way when, you know, Michael Jackson died a couple years ago. I felt that way, you know, a lot of the, whoever it may be. And Roddy Piper, you know, is, is another one of those. Now, I'm not going to, I'll admit, I wasn't the biggest Piper fan in the world. I thought he was a good wrestler. He was a good personality. He wasn't a great wrestler, but he was a good personality, great personality, in fact. Um, Probably the greatest villain, probably one of the greatest villains of all time. I mean, cer- certainly knew how to get get um, um, angles started back in the back in the mid eighties. So uh, mm-hmm. um, now you're a lot younger than I am. So I wanted to get your take quickly on Roddy Piper. You obviously know who he is, though. What's your take on Piper's death and his legacy and all that? And how how, how did you take the news last week? Uh, I was actually at work. Uh, I found out a friend of mine that you knows big still in wrestling like I am. You know, sent me a text message. You know, just. Uh, you know, we were both clearly shocked. Um, you know, at first I didn't want to believe it. You know, I didn't see anything being reported. And then slowly the news started coming out, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of those that's uh, obviously really sad. You know, Roddy was a was a great guy on, on camera. Uh, you know, everybody that's talked about him, all the developmental guys that have said that they've seen him in passing, you know, he's always been the one of the guys that's been very adamant about helping You know, this, it was Piper, and I think I think Vince McMahon will be one of the ones that will look up and say, "Without Roddy Piper, WWE probably collapse." Um, yeah, he's one. Of the, he's one of the early guys. I, I would I would go ahead and say that too, as as a as a fan myself, and watching in that era, and actually being able to watch an era that you had a core guys to me that defined that era, like from like eighty five to like eighty eight, eighty nine, the whole Hulkamania era, that the, the peak of the powers. You know, obviously Hogan was was the was the leader of the pack. Number one, you know, mm-hmm. Macho came along in '85 that same year when Romania one happened. But Roddy Piper was 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 one of the, those core guys. Yeah, you know, he was he yeah. was the. And it, it's actually shocking that he never held a WWE title. I mean, he held an Intercontinental title, but he never held the main title, the main main the heavyweight title ever during his tenure with uh, with Vince. I mean, that that seems yeah. kind of shocking today, but um, you know. For a guy who was actually you know as relevant and as big as he was, because he was huge, he was huge. Yeah, one of his uh, probably one of his greatest matches was actually the match that he won the Intercontinental Title with uh, Bret Hart. Yeah, uh, WrestleMania, I think it was six or seven. No, 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 it was uh, number eight. Was it eight? Okay, yeah, uh, eight. I was I was getting my years confused. 
Um, okay. No, so so that that match with eight is probably one of the most most drawn out, well planned matches, and probably one of the better matches of of Roddy's career. Um, you know, and you know, early in the eighties, it was it was Hogan and whoever he got, whether it be Mister T or or some celebrity. You know, it was it was always against Roddy and Cowboy Bob Orton. Um, you know, and he he was always that guy that that you could go to if you needed to to make someone that Roddy could get the absolute best out of him. You know, he's another guy in my mind, kind of like a Jake the Snake who never held, I believe, any singles title. No, and, never did. And that's another guy also that another core guy, another popular guy that never held a title ever. Yeah, and I don't, and, and you know, it's like those two guys. You know, those were guys that in a time that it was to be greedy. You know, guys like Hogan and Warrior and Savage wanted the title. You know. It's a better expense to be greedy. Those were the guys that said, you know, I'm okay being that guy that's just going to keep putting them over. And they were okay with it. And in a time where people were very, I want, I want, I want, Jake and, you know, Roddy were very, I give, I give, I give. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, that Roddy has passed. You know, of course, we send our condolences to, to friends, family, and all of them in this time, you know. You know, all of us are going to miss him. Um, I know all the wrestling fans are going to miss him. You know, I've been going back and watching Roddy and Dusty promos for the last day or two, just going back and... That's <laughs> right. Two guys that have passed away that, you know, that this industry right now could use those guys teaching promo classes because it would just take this product to a whole other level. Well, you remember, too, Piper was the first guy also that started the whole uh, segment thing where, like, you had your own segment, like, mm-hmm. your own, like, background with your segment. Yep. Piper's yep. Pit, of course. You know. Piper's Pit, and then uh, he left, and they, they did, like, Adrian Donis's Garden or something, you know, and then Brother Love and, had the... And that, bro, Love. My, favorite one, my, my favorite one of all time, Brother Love. I love I like Brother Love segments. I, like I love you! <laughs> I like the funeral part of Paul Barrow, Barrow when they had a... Uh, they locked the Ultimate Warrior in the casket, and, like... I remember, like, I remember that. They, they, like, try to jar it free. Like, you see, like, the scrape marks where he's, like, clawing to get out of the casket. Yeah. I thought that was, like, one of the better, like, builds to a match. Yeah, that, that, you know, it's funny. That, I have a story to tell that one, though. But the Warrior, that, that segment there, the Warrior-Undertaker uh, um, uh, rivalry was just very short-lived because Warrior got fired, like, months yeah. after that um, yeah. from the company for a little while. Um, but that, you know, I remember being, as a kid, you know, I was never a Warrior fan. I actually always rooted against Warrior. That was the only one. The only times I rooted for Warrior was as a taker. To be honest with you, um, oh, yeah. but yeah, but um, you know, Roddy Piper started a trend. That was his thing. He used to, he used to have that Piper's Pit. Mm-hmm. A lot, a, a lot of rivalries were was spawned off of his off his segments. Most mm-hmm. notably, Hogan Andre. Mm-hmm. Remember weeks leading up to Andre coming out and saying, "Hogan, I want to challenge WrestleMania 3. You know, he would have Jesse Ventura up there for for one week, and then he'd have you know. Bobby Heating for another week, and then you know, obviously, you know, all that, and then it would come together the week after. It was a, mm-hmm. This is why wrestling was better back in the days because these things happened for two or three weeks before it actually became became a uh, uh, you know a thing. You know, well, the other thing is is back then you had four or five pay per views, so you had the time to take a Andre Hogan started in eighty seven October in, in October and build it. Through April, mm-hmm. with the product now, you're putting out twelve to fifteen pay per views, and you've got a you've got to pound out these these feuds left and right like it's like it's going out of style. So, you know, I think nowadays the Piper's Pit wouldn't work as well 
you know, because you can't have one guy on one week, one guy on another week, and then a, th- a third party on a third week, and then have them all together. Like, it, it, it would just mash everything up way too quickly, you know. But he took what Vince gave him, you know, which was the microphone to to take over, and you know, he took the ball and he kept running with it. Um, you know, he's another guy that I think opened up everything for guys like The Rock and Austin with with the way they talk on microphones. You know, I think Roddy was the guy that, that really brought that to everyone's attention. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, um, I actually, uh, you know, he has on podcast, um, mm-hmm. Pitt. But, I mean, name was the name fit because obviously yeah. what he did, it made great podcast. I, I was a big fan of that actually, you know, you know, he had a couple of, you know, a lot of old wrestlers come on there and give their career stories. Some, sometimes a, a bigger celebrity come on there or whatever. It was a great podcast. I, I enjoyed it very much. It was a very good podcast. I, I think it was one of those things where, you know, he was natural in that setting, you know, to do this, you know, what, you know, what, we're, what we're doing now. You know, he did, doing this was perfect. I know there was a lot of animosity towards the end between him and Austin, um, you know, because well, of the podcast. Well, yeah, there's apparently there was a, a podcast that he did with Steve Austin that never got released. Now, it got released uh, this week, actually, this weekend following. Um, but it was almost banned, almost cost Rowdy his uh, Piper's job. Uh, yeah. One. What was that all about? From what from from what I what I understood of what happened was basically Steve went on there, they started talking, you know, and then one of Rowdy's co-hosts decided that he was going to do the Steve Austin impersonation on every show, and Steve basically tried to pull the cease and desist, you know. And Roddy didn't like it, and you know Roddy, as he is, isn't one to hold his tongue. So you know, Roddy was basically like, "Hey, you want me to stop doing it? I'm going to do it more. Screw you." So you know, and I think I think that drove a wedge between them, you know, them two guys, which is unfortunate because you know both of them are catalysts uh, in their eras of professional wrestling. Um, you know, and I think those guys in ring have nothing but respect for each other, and it, and it's unfortunate that you know Roddy's passing, you know defense wasn't able to be mended before, you know, at least to, to our knowledge, you know, I don't know if there was a conversation or not, but, you know, it was something as sudden as cardiac arrest, you know, you never see it coming. So you can never know, you know, like, oh, okay, I need to go have uh, this conversation, you know, cause you know, and I, I don't know if you've seen it, but unfor- other unfortunate news that I saw was that Jimmy Superfly Snooker yeah. had surgery earlier this week because stomach cancer. Stomach you know? cancer yeah. And it's, and, it, and it's, it's just weird that it's, it's days after Piper passes away that the one guy that, that, that Piper really helped build it with the coconut, you know, has stomach cancer and it's, you, you see how everything just comes full circle and it's just, you know, don't take for granted what you got now because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And it's, it's funny you said that too, because like I, you know, as I said, you know, one of the things that about this freaks me out personally is the fact that it makes you look at your own mortality. Cause you know, as these guys get older and they go on to, you know, mm-hmm. To whatever they get older and, and pass on, it makes you realize, wow, I'm getting older to myself. You know, great. I'm, I'm only 35 years old. I got a lot of life to live. Hopefully, God willing. But at the same time, it makes it makes you think. It makes you think. You know, and makes you appreciate what you had while it's here. You know, sometimes guys pass on a lot sooner than, than they should. Um, and not only that, you got a situation too with, with some of these guys are dying younger than they, they're supposed to. I mean, Piper's only 61 years old. I mean, he he looked fairly healthy. I mean. Seeing him in, in you know in, in various appearances on on television and whatnot, he looked very healthy. Um, you know these guys are dying off young. I mean, Macho Man died at what 68 years old, nine years old. So I mean, it's just one of those things where you know 
And uh, and in this business, it's so tough to see how to see the the shelf life and in the end game when it's going to be because it could be it's always it's almost always sooner rather than later. You're absolutely right, and and I think you know another unfortunate thing that you got to think about is the travel. You know, the, the living on the road, the wear and tear there, right. obviously didn't help. Yeah. Um, you know, the unfortunate passing of Eddie Guerrero. You know, where where he went into cardiac arrest from all of his past drug abuse. You know, I, I mean, you never know. If any, if Piper was doing anything, you know, or if he was, did that affect it? You know, it's an unfortunate thing, you know, and, and I, you, you know, you kind of got to tip your hat to, to Triple H and Vince now that they put this wellness policy into effect to try to keep these guys away from that stuff. You know, just because the, what they're doing and, and Dana White called it fake, you know, which sure. I saw, it, I saw, the, I saw the whole uh, Twitter battle. It was so beneath Dana White to be doing that in the first place anyway. Like, come on, Dana. I mean, it's scripted, yes, but those guys go in there and take the same chances those UFC fighters take. You know, you, yeah. you land the wrong way, you, you can break your neck. You know, there have been plenty of guys who have been paralyzed in ring. Um, so, you know, those guys take those chances. Well, yes, the end result may be scripted, and you may have the move that's going to finish the match. You, you still got to get from point A to point B, and it's unfortunate, you know, and I'm glad that Vince and, and like I said, Vince and Triple H are taking this step to, you know, make sure that these guys – when they retire, have a chance to live normal lives with their families to make up for the time that they've lost entertaining us. Right. And once again, our thoughts and prayers go to uh, Roddy Piper and his family and all the fans of the uh, of wrestling and, and people who are mourning his loss, like us today. So, um, rest That's in peace, Roddy Piper. Um, okay. So, anyway, we have, we have to move on. There's really no way to get to set with another topic, but we're going to have to move on to another topic here. Um, as you mentioned earlier, leading up to this podcast, of course, uh, was the, the train deadline this past, uh, actually, um, a couple days ago. And I've been saying, I've been saying off the record that I think this last, these, these last, uh, uh, specifically the last two years, I think it's one of the most exciting baseball transaction era for me anyway that I've watched in my 20 plus years of watching baseball these last two years. You know, first off, who would have thought David Price, one of the best positions in baseball, will be moving two trade lines in a row and one? Um, <laughs> that 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 is how to tell you tell you how big this is. But more importantly, like I said, relevant teams are doing relevant things. Relevant players are moving to relevant cities or relevant situations. And now we have a situation now where baseball is. You know, we have to be honest. It's really a wide open situation. I, I, I mean, I know we can sit there and say KC and St. Louis are the favorites to win their leagues, but to be honest with you. It's, that's that's not so much of an absolute anymore. I mean, with all these moves being made, lots of cases be made. Give me winners and losers for the trend deadline so far. Uh, top three winners, I'll go Toronto with the additions of David Price and Troy Tulowitzki. Kansas City with the acquisition of Johnny Cueto finally gives them a solid number one starter now that James Shields is in San Diego. And, you know, quietly, quietly, a third winner, and I, and I guess I'll do, I'll do three winners in the American, three in the National, because another quiet third winner would be the Anaheim Angels um, with the acquisitions of Shane Victorino, David DeJesus to solidify their fourth outfielder and bench. Um, in the National League, you know, Cincinnati got back quite a bit for Cueto and Leak, you know, so you, you kind of tip them in the winner scale, but I would kind of leave them on the fringe. With big winners for the National League, uh, the New York Metropolitans acquiring Jonas Cespedes. Oh. Yeah, big move, big move there. Uh, definitely brings power into that lineup. Uh, gives you the ability to move Juan Lagares to the bench and put Granderson in center, you know, to, to help bolster 
that offense, especially when Michael Kadire comes back and you got Michael Conforto there as well. Uh, another big winner um, at the deadline, mind you, because there have been moves that have been made before, you know, the with them with Cardinals acquiring Steve Shishek. The Cardinals quietly got better um, acquiring three or four good bullpen pieces to come out of that bullpen ahead of Seth Mahayas and Trevor Rosenthal. And then the San Francisco Giants uh, acquiring Mike Leake, going to go into that rotation, going to be a guy that's going to throw you seven to eight innings solid every night and allows you to move a piece like Tim Lincecum if he's struggling or a Matt Kane in the bullpen to give you another arm out of that bullpen. Um, those, so my three winners in the National League, Mets, uh, Cardinals, Giants in the American League. It is Anaheim, Kansas City, and Toronto. Okay. <laughs> Like you're stressing with stuff there. Okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna go that far with with. You. I mean, you went to each league. I'm not, I'm not gonna go that far because I, I think you, I think you're being a little nice there. I'm not. I'm not as nice to people here. My, I, I'll give you three winners real quick. Three winners. The Mets obviously number one in my in my opinion. Not just the the move for Cespedes, but also the Clipper move they got as well too from the, the from the bullpen was actually a pretty good move. Um, yeah. Um, I think uh, um, that can you know that's gonna be able to stabilize them moving forward. If they can somehow win this division, because I, I still don't think the I still I am not convinced that the New York Mets are getting to the playoffs as a wild card because Pittsburgh getting slowing down, okay? And and you you know you got Pittsburgh, you got San Francisco still on fire, okay? You still got Chicago in the mix. There's too much there's too many teams in that mix, in that little bubble there, it's hard to crack that have better records than the Mets. And it's gonna take the Mets playing some Great baseball the rest of the way and, and not let up from to even have a chance in the wild card. So the easiest route to get into the postseason for the Mets, honestly, is to win the East. And they've done they did their job this weekend, sweeping the Nationals. I mean, I look, I I wanted two out of three, hoping for a sweep. I told you about going to the weekend, I wanted a sweep, but it was I you know I mean sweeps, sweeps are very you know hard to come by. So I'm, I'm not gonna go ahead and, and, and just assume that. However, now that that is fact and it did happen, you know we've got a whole new ball game now. We're now early August now. And the New York Mets on first place in the Austin Nationals, a team that many coming to year has the favorite to win the, to win the National League or even the World Series that matter. So the, the fact that the Mets are in this position right now in August and able to make moves to get better with that pitching staff, that who who honestly between Syndergaard, Harvey, the Grom, and I guess Mats or and or Colon or Onis, they really only need a four hit cushion, a four a four run cushion. Because I, if the, if that offense can even give them just four runs a game, just four, that could be enough. That could be enough in the postseason. Because it could be enough until you face the AL team with a DH, and then then, then you got to you to score some runs. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, but I, I'm like I said, I still think pitching is still a big thing. All right, back to the that's another. Because I mean, I don't want to be a homer here. Number two team uh, that, that won that won the uh, deadline for me, the Royals. Of course, they're already great. They're already great, and then it got better. Who would have thought that? You know, I mean, the Royals just got better. And with Cueto in the, in the lineup now, I mean, it, 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 what it does now for, for them is it firms, it firms their position now as the favorites in the American League now, present day, you know? And so, I mean, the Royals uh, did what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Cause you're, still big on, you're still big on Houston. You're really big on Houston. I, I, it's, not, it's not just Houston. Um, you know, I, I, I'm big on Houston. I like Houston. You know, that, that's – Clear as day, you know, but I like Houston for a similar reason that you're a Mets fan. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at when you pick up the ball, okay, the, you're getting Johnny Cueto game one of a series from Kansas City. Well, who are you going to get game two, three, and four? That that's your question. 
Is it your Danny Ventura with his four and a half ERA that got demoted that only got called up because Jason Vargas is, is having Tommy John surgery? You know, is it Chris Young who hasn't pitched a meaningful game in August in five and a half years? Uh, but with with Houston, you got Keuchel, you got Colin McHugh. They went out and got Scott Casimir. They got Lance McCullers. And that bullpen, if you can get them to the seventh inning, they are Kansas City 2.0. And I think that's a big thing. Yes, right. Houston lives and dies by the home run. They're either going to hit it out or they're going to hit it to the first baseman. That's, that's, their, that's their thing. But I will love Houston's pitching staff, starter-wise, going into a series against Kansas City than I would have than the Royals against the Astros. Right. And my number three team, of course, uh, well, I won't say of course, but number three, you had him also too. Unless I'll put him there too. Is Toronto. Now, granted, Toronto's a few. No, look, the Yankees. Are, the Yankees are dominating right now, so it it might be far fetched for the Blue Jays now to win the AL East, barring any 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 disaster on the Yankees end. There's, there's still six back in the division, but they got to test the wild card. You know, they're only one back of the wild card. You know, yeah. and I mean, the Angels lost CJ Wilson probably for the year. That's that that might hurt going forward. Minnesota, could they continue doing what they're doing here? And Baltimore's been hit or miss this year. So Toronto, on paper, of the four teams in contention, the Blue Jays might may have the best chance to get in. I mean, L- I guess you could say LA was because they had Pujols and Trout and those guys. But I still think, I still think um the Blue Jays, based on the moves they made with Tulowitzki and, and, and whatnot, and all the moves they made to improve their team, I think the Blue Jays have the best shot. To win, to win the wild card, at least one of those two wild card spots in American League. There's there's another sneaky team in the American League that everyone's forgetting about. That's okay, the Texas, Rangers. Texas Rangers. They, 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 they get handled, right. They're only eight games out of the AL West. They're well, three back in the wild card. That team, if they can hit, which Prince Fielder, as much as everyone wants to say A-Rod's the comeback player of the year, uh, my vote is Prince Fielder because that guy was actually hurt. Okay. Had a serious neck injury and came back. Um, now I want to know who your three losers were of the trade deadline. San Diego. What are you doing? I mean, you know, they, still you think they, have, they still think they have a legitimate shot. Unfortunately, is what is what I think. What ha- what happened there with AJ Peller really thinks them being nine games out behind the Dodgers. They have a lot. Are of they stuff. really going to think they're going to catch the Giants or the Pirates or the? I- I'm not even saying the Mets. I'm gonna say the other teams I mentioned there. They're not. They can't. It's impossible. They need. They need all things to align for it to happen. That's not happening. Sorry. Nope. And, and they're not winning division. They're not even winning division anyway. I mean, LA's wrong with that thing. LA or San Francisco taking that. So. Yep. You know. So I got them. Your Red Sox losers. What are they doing? Make some moves, sell off some of them guys again. Again, there's still value there. You know, I'm not saying now. I, I'm I'm I say that a bit hypocritical because I because two months ago when when they when they came out struggling, obviously people were saying you know sh- they should get rid of like you know try to shop ha- Hanley and 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 pan the bear this early you know in the first year on the contract with this team, and I was and I was like no no it's too early let, let you wait a couple years. However. Clearly, there's something wrong there with that franchise now. It is now now their CEO, the president, stepped down from 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 the team this weekend. Okay, so clearly there's some there's some mismanagement, there's some uh, uh, creativity, maybe you know maybe some chemistry issues there with both the front office and the and the dugout. 
you know, there's, there's, there's definitely some of that going on. And we, we can't ignore that. When, when, when your CEO and president do step down in the middle of the year, that clearly show, shows a lot of signs that there's more issues than just baseball issues on the field. So mm-hmm. I, I am surprised that the, the Red Sox didn't at least consider putting one of those two guys on the market, at least to get some, something back for them and, and start fresh again because, you know, their value is still pretty decent right now. And, and, and I think if they had they made a move, they could have more prospects for the future. But that's just me. You're a Sox fan, so, I mean, I, I guess you can speak, speak on we that got better. A lot of prospects already. What's that? We got a lot of prospects already. Hmm. One of them, I think, started tonight. And another, and another team that I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed in this team, though, but they probably could, they, they probably could have made one more move is the Pirates. And granted, I, I think they're good enough to win what they have now. But remember, remember who you're chasing. They took a blow, though. They lost AJ Burnett for the year. They took a blow. Yeah, right. And look who they're chasing. They're chasing the great Cardinals franchise. That's not just some some team that exists. No. The singles Cardinals are the model, the model of consistency in the last twenty years in this, in this sport. So, my thing is, if, if you're if you're being serious about becoming that team moving forward, being becoming you know the team that everybody should should fear going forward, then should you put all hands all in and make at least get even 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 on a rental? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I thought they did some more, more move. It's a little disappointing to me that Pirates didn't do anything. And by the yeah. way, I'm, I'm actually a closet Pirates fan. This for the record too. With with Pittsburgh though, I, I think they're going to try to run St. Louis down in the games they play them. You know, I think they played nine more times. They're going to try to do the best in those games. You know, and and I had a conversation with someone, and this is more a playoff driven thing. You know, I I don't know who, you know, St. Louis gives the ball to in a game six or game seven with their back against the wall in elimination is, you know, is it Michael Walker? Is it John Lackey? You know? Uh, so uh, I think Pittsburgh is just going to try their best to run them down with Garrett Cole and, and Liriano and the guys they got, you know, and try to make it work. But, uh, you know, they're a team that could make an August deadline move of a guy like James Shields gets through waivers unclaimed, you know, or a starter gets pushed through, you know, and doesn't get claimed that, that Pittsburgh can make a move for. So, you know, you always got to keep your eye out for that August deadline as well. And don't get me wrong. I, I think what they have now, what they're doing now, what the roster currently intact, currently constructed, is good enough to win the National League. I'm not saying there's, it's not. But don't you want to put yourself in, a, in an even better position to be better for the postseason when it's time to become that team against St. Louis or the Dodgers? I mean, don't you want to continue to build on what you have now? This, this insurance policies, I mean... I, it, it wouldn't have hurt the team to, to get a rental. Maybe, maybe even get an assessment. I don't know. Just anybody. You know, See, their, their mindset is is their rentals are coming, and that is Jordy Mercer and Josh Harrison coming off the disabled list. You know, because you have those two guys coming off the disabled list, so you're going to be able to move Chung Ho Kang around again. Um, you know, you're going to have guys you can put back in the outfit. I know Starling Marte has been banged up. He's going to come back. Polanco's been banged up. He's going to be healthy. Same with McCutcheon. You know, so I think their mindset is almost the same thing as the Nationals' mindset was, is our rentals are the guys that we've had hurt that are going to come back and going to give us a spark when they come back. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, you know, I, 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 I don't want to sort of knock the Pirates, because, look, they, they, the number one, they got a four-game question in the wild card. The only cold games back in the St. Louis in the division. So, they're, done their, they're, they're doing their job. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But at the same time, I just wish they made one more move. And well, like I said, I maybe mean, because I'm a, I'm a closet Pirates fan a little bit too. I'm, I root for them a little bit, 
you know, because, uh, you know, I, I used to like Bonds and Bonilla and Vance like back in the day, so I didn't, you know, I used to look to them, you know, back in the day, so I, I don't mind them doing things so good now. Um, I lost this in fact the Mets, of course, but it's not a story from the day. Um, but, you know, whatever. So, okay. So, the baseball's done. We're done with baseball. And, like I said, it's... By the way, by the way, good job, Yankees. Good job, Yankees. Yeah. Not picking up a pitcher. Way to go, Yanks. They got nobody? They get they get, they get the thumbs down. Their only acquisition was Dustin Ackley, another outfielder. So, I give them the thumbs down. Well, you're a Sox fan. Of course, you can get the thumbs down. Well, I mean, Craig gave New York Yankee fan Craig Horn gave them the thumbs down for not going and getting a pitcher. And they can't stop losing. Well, and, uh, granted, uh, granted, weak schedule probably. White Sox, yeah. Well, that's the team. That's the team that the Yankees should have went and made a trade with. They should have got Samarja. I'm surprised the White Sox held on to him. Well, I, I said, I'll be honest with you. The Yankees being this good right now, I'm shocked. This is to say that I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm shocked. Okay, last time for what you got. Okay, did you see UFC 190 on Saturday night? I did. Did you enjoy UFC 190 on Saturday night? I did. It was too damn long. Not including the Rousey fight, of course, though. But yeah, the entire good. the entire bill the entire bill was lo- was too long. Yeah, you know, I think that's I think that's the thing with, with USC recently is they've their their shows have been like drawn out. Like there's like, oh, we have seven pay per view fights, and then we have the main event, and we have the forty six fights on Fox Sports One before. You know, you know what it is though. I think because the fact that they know the the main event, like Rousey versus Correa, was only going to go less than a minute. So they're trying to cover to cover their bases. Yeah, you can't. You can't you, I mean, you really can't blame them for that, though. In in a sense, as a business, you you know, a lot of fans will get PO'd about it. Will get pissed off if you know I'm paying sixty dollars for this pay per view and I'm mm-hmm. only getting less than two hours of actual, you know, entertainment. I mean, come on. Well, oh, especially when the main event is supposed to be this great fight gets decapitated in thirty four seconds. I confessed on social media on, on Saturday, and look, I love Ronda Rousey. I mean, I think, she, I think she's great. I think I think her story is amazing. I think you know, just her the whole image and what she, what she what she has done for herself so far at this point is amazing. Mm-hmm. I also like chaos. I also like things that are different. I was like like shocking the world. I was this much rooting for Beth Correa on Saturday. Just to see an upset, just to see how it shake up UFC. Because I remember the day, I remember the day when Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas in 1990. And I was 10 years old, well, turning 10 years old that year. And I remember Tyson being undefeated. And Tyson from 86 to 90, I, I don't think kids understand how great Tyson was in, 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 his, in, in those four years. Mike Tyson was the king of the world from 86 to 90, okay? Dominant, the baddest MF on the planet, Okay. And that that Buster fight was in Japan, so we had. And remember, this is before internet and yeah, you know, social media. So we have no access to anything. I find out the next morning he loses to Buster Douglas. Do you know how shocking that was <laughs> to to the core? Let me, let me let me tell you how shocking it was as a fan of wrestling. That year, the, the main event, the prior to WrestleMania six, um, Hogan and Macho King faced each other again first time since WrestleMania five. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Tyson was supposed to be the special guest enforcer referee on that match. Now, this match was supposed to play out months in advance. That Buster Douglas fight that happened happened actually two weeks before 
the main event between Macho King and Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Okay? When Tyson lost, they pulled him out. And they put Buster Douglas as, as, as the, as the uh, yeah. replacement. Yeah, let's bring the guy that he lost to in. Makes sense. Yeah, well, right. But the shakeup, my point was, is the shakeup of Tyson losing that match back in 90. It was, it was a big deal. I mean, that's why I was tweeting on, on Twitter, on Facebook, you know, what this is like Tyson like, because, you know, he, Mike Tyson fights back before he lost his first one against Buster. What the same around the round these fights go now, which is like 30, 40 seconds. I mean, this is the norm. Um, yeah. That being said, because I think it's safe to say now, especially with John, John Bones Jones not being in the sport now due to his legal issues off, off you know, off the octagon right now. It's safe to say that right now, Ronda Rousey, male or female, is the biggest star in the company. I, is she Michael Jordan like at this point, though? I think she was bigger than Jones to begin with. Okay. Um, she was someone who never shied away from the camera. Would always be there for an interview. Would always, you know, negative or positive. She was always there. She never ran. You know, Johnny was one of those guys that would always dodge, you know, negative press. Um, he would turn it over to meet another media guy, or he'd have Dana answer the question. You know, he was one of those guys that never took well to negativity. Um, you know, and I don't know if that's Jones's past history, um, but Ronda, positive or negative, you know, she goes into Brazil, goes into Correa's home stomping ground, and. Puts her to sleep. Yeah. So it was so sick. It was so sick because I watched, watched that fight, and like I figured, go at least one round, maybe one round. You know, you figure Korea. His her, look, I, I I never saw Korea match in my life prior to Saturday, so I, I can't speak on Korea's greatness. So uh, I see I see a record. I see to be two of the four people in, in the four horsewomen, when you call it. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that Korea could put up a fight, if you will. I'm assuming maybe two rounds. Uh, see, my thing was is you know, and I think the only person that can probably get Ronda out of the first round is Misha Tate. She's done it before. That's the next one, I think, right? You know, so I think Misha's the only one because you know Misha stepped into that cage with Ronda before. You know, she knows what to expect. She knows that Ronda's going to try to go for the throw, um, or she's going to try to stand up and throw. You know, and I think Misha with her. Take down defense and, and, and her counter punching can can keep Ronda at bay to send this fight into the third and the fourth round. You know, and I think that's what needs to happen. I know you said a little bit of you was rooting for Beth. I'm rooting for neither person. I'm rooting for a women's fight involving Ronda Rousey to get out of the second round to see what happens with Ronda's gas tank in the championship rounds in the fourth and the fifth round when right. she's been. 20 minutes of, of pure hell. But in reality, there's only probably one other person other than Misha Tate that can do it. And I don't think she technically can do it. And a lot of people do. And that's cyborg. Hmm. What, what's, um, this, wait, what's, what's the cyborg thing? I, I, I keep seeing the cyborg thing. All, cyborg, all cyborg, cyborg fought in strike force prior to oh, wait, cyborg is, a, is an actual fighter. Yes. Chris cyborg Santos, the guy. No. The girl. Yes. Okay. So, you know, she wants Ronda. Ronda fights at 135. Cyborg fights at 145. Ronda refuses to go up to 145 to fight Cyborg. Um, She wants Cyborg down at her weight. You know, and in reality, Ronda doesn't need to prove anything to anyone. You know, Cyborg really wants this fight and really wants to beat Ronda and go down as the greatest MMA fighter in women's history, you know. 
you need to cut the weight and fight Ronda where Ronda wants to fight. Is Cyborg really good? Like, really, really good? Well, uh, she was, um, you know, and then she got suspended for steroids. You know, Vegas suspended for nine months. Of course. So, so I mean, I, I, I don't know how much you, you can really claim as her and how much is performance enhancement. Um, you know, I haven't watched a full Cyborg fight since she came back from suspension. So I, I don't know really where she stands. But, you know, I think the reality is is if Cyborg wants to step in the cage, Ronda, I don't think Ronda has a problem snapping her arm. So to finish the question here, yes or no, Ronda Rousey is the Michael Jordan of the UFC right now? 100% yes. Okay. Because I agree with you also, too. And I'm not saying it because I'm, I'm the biggest UFC fan in the world because, number one, I like sport. I don't watch it regularly, although I am now inching my interest a lot more stronger towards the fight now because I towards the fights now because I, I think now it, it's a lot more watchable for me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm ready to put more time into it. I didn't but, put more time into it before, so I didn't, I didn't feel feel necessary for me to speak on as much back then. I mean, I think the other thing you have to think about is if you go to the common fight fan yourself or or, or somebody else that doesn't know a lot about UFC, and you go name me one fighter in the UFC, ninety five percent of the people are going to look up and say Ronda Rousey. But that's what I'm saying, and that's exactly why why uh, why I have the same position as you do because of the fact that I don't watch the sport normally, but yet I see her on every channel I turn on. It, to me, that's where you get the uh, Michael Jordan comparison. It's, it's, in reality, with USC, it's her uh, Johnny before his legal problems. Right, you know George Pierre, uh, BJ Penn before he Silva. retired. Silva, Silva, we're probably the top five name wise. Um, you know now that BJ's retired, GSP isn't fighting as much since the the leg injury that he suffered. Um, you know, and then Johnny's legal problem. You know that leaves you with you know Anderson Silva, who's I don't know what Anderson's doing. You know, breaking his leg in that Wyman fight. It definitely took some steam out of him. Yeah. Um, you know, so Ronda is that flag bearer right now for the UFC. You know, they're building up new guys. Cain Velasquez, you know, Shogun, of course, still fighting his ass off. You know, Chris Weidman trying to, to get him over as the, the American-made man, basically. Um, you know, so it's a, it's exciting. But without a shadow of a doubt, Ronda Rousey is the Michael Jordan of the UFC right now. All right. I agree. All right. Once again, that's our speaking TV today. Mike the Squid. Thank you so much for coming on, as always. Um, by, the way, by the way, guys, look out. Check me out on njcsports.com. Um, will be up this month. Also, look out this month. We're going to have all our – all my – well, not just mine because I'm going to have guests on there. We're going to have division by division uh, breakdowns in the NFL. Um, we're going to do our first one, I think, on Thursday. It's going to be Thursday this week here with uh, Josh Zimmer, ngsports.com. We're going to talk about the NFC North. And the Vikings, Packers, Bears, and Lions division, and see who goes what. So, we got a lot of shows on this month. I can't wait for it. So, woo! And we're good. All right, take care, guys. As always, thank you. Thank you, guys.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.